What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to a podcast about New York sports. Sam and Matt back at it again. We have a whole lot to get into. The Jets on Thursday night. We'll make our picks for the entire week. We're going to give our top five teams in the NFL after a crazy possible Super Bowl preview. And we have a, uh, a fantasy championship that includes one of us and not the other. I'll let Matt uh, say his piece there. But Matt, how you doing today? Yeah, I mean, besides what you just mentioned, I'm I'm definitely doing okay. Yeah, you're you've you've recovered since what? I mean, when? Let's be honest. When did you really consider yourself done in our matchup? Uh, Sunday, four o'clock. Because really, I, I was in a great position to win. And the reason this hurt so bad is number one, because you know it's you. We kind of have the podcast, so it felt like there was a little more riding on it. And the other thing is, this isn't really a knock at you. It's just you know you, you didn't have your best week, so I really did have a shot here. Uh, it looked good until I get to Sunday, and I want to direct my anger the right way because I'm not angry at you, obviously, but I did make a go-to-hell list here. Uh, and this is just kind of, you know, it could have just been because of this week or throughout the whole season, just people that I would like to go to hell because now my fantasy season's over, you know, my jet season's over. It's kind of, I got to find a reason to, you know, watch the TV every Sunday. Uh, but here, here's the order here. Uh, first of all, Jalen Waddle, go to hell. Go to hell. I mean, in the first quarter, he he catches, I think it's like the first play from scrimmage, a 50-yard bomb, and I'm like, okay, I won this week. Let's not even worry about it. He gets poked in the eye, misses an entire quarter. It's one of those where you keep searching the guy's name. I go, okay, he's back in the game. The next time he gets touched, he's done. He, he's out for the game, so I get left with that one catch. There's only a couple people I need to go to hell, so just bear with me. Yep, uh, number, two, number two, that's going to be Sam Howell. Um, obviously, I'm not a Sam Howell fantasy owner, but it's just absurd that every time he walks off the field, Terry McLaurin becomes a top five wide receiver. And quite frankly, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of seeing him play. Good thing I won't have to anymore. Sam Howell, go to hell. Uh, number three, just the entire Raiders organization, Antonio Pierce football, whatever the game script was, uh, Devontae Adams, one catch, four yards. That was great for me, too. Uh, and the last person I would really love to go to hell is one Cortland Sutton. Uh, you know, absolute anchor for me all year. You know, why didn't you just not play? I mean, how are you injured without touching the ball? You know, he just hurt himself standing around, hurt himself thinking. Uh, Cortland yeah, he, Sutton, go he, to hell. Uh, so. I heard that on the sideline on uh, Sunday, he left the game via migraines for thinking about all the fantasy uh, yeah. fantasy managers he was screwing. Yeah. So, so, yeah, you, uh, you put me in a position to win. And I, I put up the worst week I've had all year in the biggest spot. So uh, that was great. That was fun, uh, my fantasy. And, you know, I'm not in the leagues like I used to be. I don't manage, you know, five teams anymore. It's two. So uh, I'm all wrapped up for the year, and I got to find some other motivation to uh, watch games on Sunday because I have deleted the app. Good. Finally. But, uh, yeah, I don't mean. Don't finally I, me. I, I went to the semifinals with a depleted roster. Don't you finally me. <laughs> I, I thought all those guys you just mentioned really just left it all out there. Uh, that really just blood, sweat, and tears through, through thick and thin for for Team McFlee, and uh, just couldn't get the job done. So you know we're uh, we're on to the we're on to the fantasy championship. Uh, the Kings back. Well, let's see what's another quote I could use. I'm not surprised to quote Nate Diaz. Uh, and where we move and uh, like my chances a lot. I've actually it's the been worst referring... matchup ever because there's not like. If someone asked me, like, who, who would be the most annoying two people if they were to win a championship this year? I would say you and then probably your opponent. 
So it's not a happy ending for anyone. It's going to be an annoying championship, and I, I won't be tracking it. I, I, I'll i see you in the chat in, what, eight months? Uh, yeah, uh, a, a long eight months of a lot of uh, thought and recovery, for sure, for you. Um, I've been referring to my opponent as Mr. Second Place uh, since the um, the conclusion of the semifinal round. So uh, I, I am I, my team. My guys are feeling good. We, we spoke. And uh, I, I think we're feeling good. We're in a good spot. Uh, best team doesn't win. Hottest team wins. So uh, get hot at the right time and you'll find yourself with a ring. Would I did. Be my third I ring. certainly got hot at the right time. <laughs> yeah, that, so did Cortland Sutton. Yeah. But um, let's, let's get right into the Jets. Let's start there. Let's talk about um, whatever the hell that was on Sunday. Uh, I mean, they, they come out and they absolutely just look like a, a team that was a team that had something to fight for to, you know, to put it in, in the most simple form. And then I don't know, like, you know, you go into halftime, you go into the locker room. I don't know what was said or what wasn't said, but they almost blew this game. And I think it would have been the most embarrassing loss in jet. One of the most embarrassing losses in jet history. Yeah. If they yeah, talk about the jets, you can't really reach for the top shelf and say most embarrassing loss ever. Cause they got yeah. a lot, they got a, yeah. a nice resume of bad losses. Um, that whole game was strange to me. I think it was really just the second half, you know, a product of a team that hasn't been there before. So they really, you know, take their foot off the gas pedal. They kind of thought the game was over. They really probably should have lost that game. Um, and they do lose that game if there's no Sam Howell to start. Um, the whole thing was strange to me. I, I just feel like the first half, we're kind of watching them offensively fire on all cylinders, which is something we, we've we seen in short glimpses a couple of times this season. And, you know, they didn't throw the ball downfield or anything like that, but they kind of created something that would work for Trevor Simeon. And it did for a while. And it's just another one of those games where you look at it and go like, then what is the problem? You know, if you could muster up a game plan for Trevor Simeon this week, then why has this been the most inept offense I've ever seen? And I still don't have the answers. Yeah, and it was tough to watch because I thought that, let me let me put it this way. I think that, the the game plan that they kind of devised for Trevor Simeon, I don't even I wouldn't even go as far to say it was like a good game plan. It was just I thought Brees Hall was just playing like his you know like he didn't have a head on his shoulders. No, he but was, I do I do think it was a good game. Like the way that they were getting the ball into the hands of Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, it was something different than we had watched all year. Like they were really getting guys out in space. Well, yes, uh, sure, but. I think that there was just so much, and look, we we're on we go on this podcast weekly, uh, sometimes bi-weekly, and we talk about how much you know how good Brees and Garrett Wilson are, are just you know when they have the ball in their hands, and we we sit here and say and we beg for them to get Brees Hall the ball more, get him the ball more, get him the ball more. To me, it was almost like I, I thought it was just poor. I thought it was more poor defense on the Commanders than it was good offense by the Jets. Yeah, I could get down with that, but we, we've seen the Jets play against defenses of all shapes and sizes. We really haven't seen them muster up something like this all year. But, but like, when you say that, you know, muster up this, what did they really, like, they, I thought it was the defense for the most part that obviously set the tone. I mean, they get them in yeah. favorable field position almost the entire, every single possession in the first quarter. I mean, you get a, bre- a big Brees Hall run. He's good for that. And then other than that, I didn't think it was much like, you know, it wasn't. I'm more impressed by long and sustained drives more so than 
you know, getting a punt to the, you know, your 40, go 30 yards and kick a field goal. That doesn't, yeah, no, and that's I'm not you. impressive. I'm with you, but this is, you know, remember the team that we're assessing here. This is a team where we used to say, man, if they could just score 14 points, you know, if they could, and, and, you know, they scored 30 and that's, I think that's something. Yeah. Well, look, I'm, I don't want to take it away from the Jets about, you know, how, how well they played in the first half. I think, though, you know, I don't think they're – if you look at this game in terms of two halves, which to assess this game you kind of have to, the first half I don't think the Jets are that good of a team, and the second half I don't think the Jets are that bad of a team. So I think the, the answer lies somewhere in the middle. And, and look, not for nothing, I'm not going to, you know, give my hand in any, on, on any of the picks or anything just now, but this Browns matchup on Thursday, it could be a, a recipe for embarrassment. I it's going to be, it's going to be, and it's going to be against a quarterback that like a couple of weeks ago was begging to join your team. Yeah. And they, what did they say? Um, they, the, who was it? Sala or someone was asked about, about, you know, adding Joe Flacco or the lack thereof of adding Joe Flacco. And what was his answer was something weak. Like, you know, we like what we have here or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Just the, the quintessential we're good from the jets. Yeah. Uh, well, let me ask you this while we're still on, before we get into, you know, previewing a Thursday night game, do you think if the Jets end up losing that game, let's just say, you know, for instance, they they, they missed the field goal at the end, right? Do heads roll? No, I, I think, and this is just, and I, I'm excited for when we really do our, you know, end of season wrap up for both of these teams, for the Jets and for the Giants. But I don't think heads are going to roll. I think that they're so bought into what they did last offseason that their only option really is to run it back. And I think guys are going to be on shorter leashes. Um, you know, I know after the game was kind of when we got the official, everyone's going to be back sort of thing. I think if they lose that game, they're, they're still hanging their hat on the same excuse they have all year. And they think next year they're going to run it back with Aaron Rodgers. We talked about whether that's dangerous, whether it makes sense. I don't know. I, I just know that it's what they're going to do. So it's going to be tough because I think you're going to come into next season, you know, like the excitement we had coming into this season. You know, well, they're definitely a playoff team. Can they compete for a Super Bowl? All, the, all that kind of stuff. Even with Aaron Rodgers coming back, an injury later, a year older, coming back to this after what we all just witnessed, I think there's going to be nothing but skepticism. So I think the level of excitement's been damaged by this Jets team and all that. I just, I don't think heads are going to roll until things potentially don't work out next season. Okay, so now, now thinking about that, what did you think about, uh, what Roger said, and or not necessarily what Roger said, but the whole, um, like you know, the the news article that came out about Rogers, uh, g- the IR decision, to say the least. To me, I, I kind of felt like that was a positive because we've been talking a lot about like, well, how much control does Aaron Rodgers really have? And so I guess it was almost a positive just to see that at least once the Jets kind of didn't just abide by his wishes. But I also don't really understand the reason for activating him. The whole thing was kind of cloudy, confusing. Um, so I didn't really get it. Uh, but I also just don't really think it matters. I, I don't think he was ever truly going to play uh, once the season was lost. I, I agree. And I think I don't want to, you know, I don't want to kind of say that yeah, I'm, I was right this whole time. But I think there has to be a, a part of it that was the front office saying, let's use this as like a motivation while we have a sliver of hope. Yeah, especially because, you know, Aaron Rodgers himself was kind of feeding through that, you know, light. like he, he was really enjoying being that guy, you know, like showing everyone every week, look how close I am now, look how close I am now. 
So I guess it was an easy thing for the for the Jets to sort of, uh, you know, it's it's really just fan service, kind of like what the Giants did with Tommy DeVito. I think it's fan service, and it's kind of something you have to do in a lost season when the people don't want to show up anymore. People don't want to watch anymore. Yeah, and especially you know with this the the Zach Wilson concussion, uh, you know, page in this in this storyline uh, or this book that the Jets season has become, uh, and the fact that you know they they rule him out and then they put up 30 points it's just the the inconsistency is so is so frustrating and, and to me again there's not much you can assess obviously this was built out to be Aaron Rodgers team we've been over that time and time again i'm not going to sit here and assess many guys when Trevor Simeon's throwing them the ball i think we know that like i said Garrett Wilson's great Brees Hall's great uh, the, i think this o line is shoddy but to me you know, you look across the league, and I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but look at all of the the starting quarterbacks that got hurt or benched or the backups that have come in and kind of, you know, righted the ship. I, I think that there's, you know, even Antonio Pierce, right? They they lose Jimmy Garoppolo. They got they have uh, Devontae Adams. I don't want to say crying on the sideline, but not in good spirits on the sideline for a good portion of the beginning of the season. And, and they're still playing somewhat meaningful football they go out there and they beat the Chiefs in Kansas City yeah. and I think that uh, look I'm not saying that Robert Sala is you know deserving to lose his job I'm not saying that Antonio Pierce is a better coach than Robert Sala I but I, look and that's fine I'm not but I, I'm not going to kind of put my flag down and say that but I think that there's the inconsistency that this team shows and and just kind of like you know, yeah, the defense is good. Yeah, the defense is uh, is just on the field constantly, and uh, you know it's it's tough to really assess them because the offense has been so poor. But there's just something that's missing about this team that I think really can only come from uh, leadership, not necessarily not necessarily Salah, but th- there's just something for sure missing about this team that I'll even say that even if they had Rodgers, I think would still be very prevalent. Yeah, and I think I agree with you. And and I kind of am willing to to wave that flag in terms of, you know, the coaching staff here because we've kind of said it all year. I don't think you have a good head coach. Uh, I don't think you have an offensive coordinator. And like you said, there's so many miscues and issues with the Jets where really the only thing there is to point to is coaching. And I'll say another thing. If they went into this season and let's say that this was, you know, no Aaron Rodgers, this was just sort of, you know, the prove it year for Zach Wilson or his his last, you know, stand or whatever it was. I do think the coaching staff will be gone. It's just, it's, it's just, they're almost lucky. And it's so convenient that they lose Aaron Rodgers and he's coming back next year and they have to run it back. But I, I expect shorter leashes because it doesn't seem like you really have a coaching staff here. Think of all the other teams in the NFL who've had bad luck, who've lost quarterbacks, and they're still going out there and playing meaningful football. You know, they're still getting up for games. The Jets don't do that. And I, oh, you I mean, really don't you know like where else Browns? to look. You yeah, mean like, like the 10-5 ten, the ten yes. Browns that the Jets play but, tomorrow? And not, and not even at that level. How about, like, the Bengals? How about anyone? Yeah. I, I Look, I agree with you completely. And I, I think it's, it's definitely something that's been, like, very – Almost like it's almost like when when the the Jets like uh, coaching staff or front office now will look back and assess the season. I can almost like just foresee them like saying, yeah, you know, started off really bad and kind of got off on the wrong foot with Rodgers getting hurt. And like, you know, really nothing you could do when realistically there was a lot that you could have done. 
Yeah. You know, since we're going to get into this preview anyway, let's actually look at the Jets and Browns just head up. Uh, I think they both have tremendous defenses, whether Cleveland's a little better, better, fine, whatever. Um, And they have similar offensive talent. So is there really any way that as, you know, Jet fans, as people just digging deep on the Jets, we're going to point just to the offensive line and say that's the whole issue. When you're looking at a team of the Browns who like might be a Super Bowl contender and they have a very comparable roster to you, but they're making it work and you can't move the chains. Yeah, and, and there I, again, I, I agree with you. And I think that just speaking about the Browns too, like their defense is is so good, and they I think they they've understood that all year that this is going to be a defensive team no matter who's the who the quarterback is. I mean, unless you get you know an absolute stud of a quarterback that come, that came into Cleveland and is absolutely lighting it up like Joe Flacco is, fortunately. Yeah. But again, not that's not according to their plan. They're, they want Joe Flacco to just kind of right the ship, and he definitely has, and then some. Yeah. But I think there's something to be said about, you know, offensive play calling, the kind of the situations that you put your defensive in or you put your defense in, the the amount of time you possess the ball on offense to ensure that your elite defense is not tired every single time they get out in the, on the field in the second half. I think there's a lot of, like, more in-depth football that other teams are doing way better than the Jets. Yeah, 100%. So, uh and again, I don't want to don't want to tip my hand on on any sort of picks yet. So, we'll we'll get to our picks for sure, but I'm I'm very skeptical of this game tomorrow night. I think this could get uh it, it, with all the storylines that like you said, like Flacco, uh you know, the guy that was on the Jets that was seemed like the layup to bring back as soon as Rodgers got hurt to now the Browns are 10 and 5 on a team that you know, going into the season and even in the beginning of the season with Deshaun Watson People were very skeptical about them. Now, they're, I would even argue that they're a team that the top teams in the AFC would not want to play in a playoff game week one or round yeah, one. And, and, you know, really the last thing about the Jets quarterback situation is, you know, we've seen Flacco with the Jets from 2020 to 2022, and he was putrid. So let's say the Jets scoop him up this year instead of Cleveland. Do we think the Jets look anything like Cleveland now? No, it would have looked like more of the same Flacco. So it, it just, like tomorrow, if you have Flacco play, you know, automatic QB or all-time QB, whatever you call it, you would just see Jet Flacco of the old, and then you would see Browns Flacco, and the Jets would probably get stomped 40 nothing, which is kind of what we're predicting here. I mean, we keep saying we don't want to tip our hands. I, I don't see how anyone picks the Jets. Um, but, you yeah, know, I, I think they're going to get absolutely mollywopped. Yeah. I, I, how are I, they going to move so the too. ball? Yeah, and, and again, it, it would be the least surprising thing to see this team go from putting up 30 at home to a bad defense to putting up, you know, six or seven against an amazing defense. It would be the least surprising thing. Yeah, and now the Jets are entering, you know, that portion of the season where they start to get blown out because, you know, this, you know, self-proclaimed 85 bear defense, they tend to break down every week now. The Jets are giving up 30 points a pop now which is something they really didn't do the entire first half of the season. I don't know what the yeah. reason for that is. Is this just a completely beat up, just tired defense? That could be it. But no, I, I, at this point in this season, I, I really don't see any way the Jets are going to stack up toe-to-toe uh, with Cleveland. And I, I mean, I'm kind of going into the game rooting for Cleveland. Yeah, I'm, me too. I mean, I was go- I went into the game on Sunday rooting for the Commanders in a way. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm at this point with, with no playoffs to play for, I think you kind of have to put yourself in that 
um, in that kind of frame of mind. Uh, let's let's transition over. We we kind of we spoke about the Jets, uh, their their win, and then this Thursday night game. You know, we don't really have to get into the X's and O's a bit much more. There's a lot bigger football to talk about. Let's let's talk about first this the 49ers Ravens matchup that we watch, and then let's we're gonna parlay that into our top five teams on in each of our opinions. So uh, my first question is, is this: Are the Ravens that much better than the 49ers, or are do you think that that was just more so like a fluke, or do you think that that was? Uh, the Ravens just kind of flexing their muscles and the 49ers will kind of see them down the line. Maybe what do you take from that game? I, I for, for me, I, I feel like it's tough for me to come on here and just say, I oh, know that's just how much better than San Francisco they are after one game. Right. I think that's fair. Uh, I think this is more a product of just, you know, everyone's MVP Brock Purdy. I think this might've been a little too big for him. I mean, we saw f- four turnovers, two or three of them, which really looked elementary, you know, and, and I still think he's done great things. I still think they trust him moving forward. Um, I just think this was a product of, you know, we have an MVP quarterback. You guys still have Brock Purdy and he's done excellent things. I, I just, I don't know. I'm at the point now where I guess you'll see this in my, when I give you my top five teams, I mean, out of nowhere, I, I kind of slightly lean Ravens. That doesn't mean that I put all my eggs into that, into the basket of that one game. Um, because I, I hope we get to see these two teams play again. I can't say that I think Baltimore is just that much better. Uh, and I because if you get a cleaner, you. if you get a cleaner Purdy game, I mean, we could be talking about like an all-time great game. Yeah, but I, I think that there there's a couple things that uh, I, I think that happened in this game that are definitely I don't want to say concerning for the 49ers because look, I'll. I'll come out and say that my one is the Ravens and my two is the 49ers. But I think that there, there are some things that the Ravens did that on defense, especially where, you know, a guy like, uh, like a Kyle Hamilton, right. For instance, on the, on the Ravens that has just like a long lanky defender in the secondary that, that comes down into the box and kind of can be that tweener safety. I think that there's definitely some, some ways that you can disrupt Purdy. And, and I think that there was a couple of times where, you know, this is not a I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, size is obviously, you know, a big determinant determinant of, you know, a quarterback success. But I thought there was three, four times where the Ravens just were content with keeping Purdy in the pocket. And the, they just told their defenders, put your hand up and they're going to tip the ball. How many tip passes did we see Brock Purdy have in that game? I think there were two of his interceptions that were tipped at the line. Yeah. So I think that I don't want to say that, you know, the Ravens have the key to stopping Brock Purdy or the key to stopping this 49ers offense. I think they they came they came into uh, San Francisco and obviously they heard all the Brock Purdy stuff. I'll hang on the rim here for a second. My my clip last week that we posted about Lamar Jackson being the MVP if he goes into San Francisco and wins. He is now the favorite to win the MVP after that game. And look, I don't think it. I don't think Brock Purdy's performance necessarily was the the reason why. I think if the Ravens just won that game in any shape or form, I think Lamar Jackson would have would have still have been the favorite to win the MVP. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. But again, I think that the the Ravens are have an unbelievable defense. They've been in my top three to the two to three the entire year. Lamar Jackson is unbelievable to watch. I mean, think about the, the beginning of that game 
when he's in the end zone and they get that intentional grounding safety in the end zone where the ref kind of was just in his way, you know, I don't say tackled him, but to overcome that just from like a mental fortitude kind of, kind of place, that's very impressive that a lot of teams that imagine, you know, you're one of your first possessions, how many teams can rebound from a first possession in San Francisco where they give them the points and the ball, the defense comes back with a stop, and then they get the ball and score. I, I thought that was very impressive. And getting back to what I said about the Jets, you know, th- something that they miss per se, where they, they just don't have that extra oomph, I guess, that, that extra uh, layer of, of just being an, an elite team that these elite teams have. I mean, the Ravens do. And, and again, they're, they're definitely notorious regular season warriors. So, the, the season for the Ravens doesn't start into the playoffs, but I I have been very impressed by the Ravens. And I think that, that the, the nature of how they won that game and stayed in that game was might've been more impressive than just them winning. In, yeah. In total. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Because I mean, as you know, one of my picks was the 49ers and, you know, when that game started, I kind of went, okay, so I, I made the right pick, you know, this looks good. Yeah, and I think a lot of, you know, in the beginning, like I said, in the beginning when they get that safety, I mean, how many teams, I I don't have this stat off the top of my head, but how many teams go on the road and give the other team a safety in the first quarter and end up winning the game? Like, because usually what happens is if you're getting a safety in the first quarter, you're getting dominated that game because that just was probably showing that you're you're kind of outmatched. That was not the case. I mean – you can think what you want about that call and whatnot, but I, I think that I was very impressed by the Ravens. Big props to them, and I think that they're going to – if they can kind of continue to play the, the kind of football that they're playing right now, they, I would be the least bit surprised to see them in the Super Bowl. I really would. Yeah, and, I mean, it's it's a little bit of a wake-up call for um, the 49ers because, you know, the, the Ravens have kind of been grinding in the AFC where – I know some teams lost their quarterbacks, but it's still, you know, kind of head and shoulders, the better conference. I just think they're more tested than the Niners have been all season long. And this was kind of the first time where the 49ers got, you know, smacked in the face on national television. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see how they rebound. I mean, I I don't think that they're going to be in any sort of like, you know, desperation mode per se, obviously just their record as a whole kind of just uh, doesn't lend to that, but uh, they they have to go on the road now. They're thirteen point favorites on the road to the Commanders uh, this week, which is a a, a very very large number. Um, but I, you know, I think everyone everyone in the world is going to expect them to win that and represent the the NFC as the one seed. Let's 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 get right into our, our top five. You can have the floor. Give me your top five. All right. You want to go one for one here? Or you want me to list off my entire thing? For for clip and content purposes, you list you give me your entire top five, and then we can get into it. All right. So what I did here was in my one, I do now have the Baltimore Ravens. I said I didn't want to put all my eggs in the basket of that one game, but I I feel like I saw enough to sort of switch these teams around at least for now. It's sort of just like my weekly power ranking. I do have the Ravens one, and now I've slotted the Forty Nine ers to number two. I think that's fair. Uh, when it comes to my three and four, I was less influenced here because I still I still do have the Cowboys at three and the Dolphins at four. You might not have the Dolphins on your list at all. Um, we kind of in the pre-show talked about the Dolphins Cowboy game from this past week. You know that it didn't do much for you. Maybe it wasn't the most convincing. Whenever 
Uh, but I think going out there and getting the win, I still think that's something, you know, against a defense like that uh, in a game where you lose your, well, the biggest bum on my fantasy team. Um, you know, I, I still think that's a big win. And in my five, and this is a team that's kind of teetering, I still think it's fair to have them in my top five here, uh, is the Philadelphia Eagles. But I do want to give one honorable mention uh, to the Detroit Lions in my six, because I it was tough for me to fight the urge to keep them out of my top five. So you're going Ravens, Niners, Cowboys, Dolphins, Eagles. Yes. As your top five. Okay, look, I think the... The, the the one and two, again, very, very hard to debate that. My, here's my thing with the Dolphins, and I guess we can kind of have this a little bit of this conversation on air before I give my uh, my my top five here. But for the Dolphins, I, I said this to you in the pre-show, and I, I, you know, I'll take all the heat for it if they, they end up, you know, kind of proving me wrong. But I I think that the, the Dolphins, you, you watch that game back, and, and I thought that, especially in, you know, the first quarter of that game, I thought the the Cowboys just got every single call against them. There was a really really weak roughing the passer in that uh, in the beginning of that game. Then the Dolphins only win by two points. I mean, look, I I, I was kind of arguing all week about the Cowboys and you know multiple different group chats and whatnot. And to me, I, I see the Cowboys as and I, it's going to be tough for them to win the division, right? Because they they have the Lions this week, which is going to be a huge game. And then they get the Commanders in in uh, Week 18. Right now, they're um, a game behind the Eagles. The Eagles have an easy schedule with the Cardinals this week, and then the Giants. So it's going to be tough for the Cowboys to to win a playoff game, uh, or sorry, to to end up hosting a playoff game, which is that which has been their kind of bugaboo this whole time, where they they can't win on the road. But I think I think a couple things. I think that there's definitely you know I don't think the Cowboys obviously don't want to play any of the the way the playoffs are are mapped out right now right right now the cowboys um the cowboys are are firmly locked in as the as a wild card spot which would would bring them to play the the lions in week one and so could be a very very telling sign of you know where these two teams are at in terms of the cowboys and and the lions and in their playoffs going forward um uh, I think that the Cowboys, if they don't, uh, and I, this is going to sound like me being a Cowboy fan or a crybaby, but they are like the Michael Parsons hasn't had a holding call called on him since week eight, if you believe that. And I think that I, I don't ever complain about the refs, but of all years, the refs have been just absolutely, uh, I, I, I really don't have an adjective for it, but I think they have just been totally against this Cowboys team. I really do. And not saying that they they go out and they they hope the Cowboys lose or anything, but they, the Cowboys have been very vocal about the you know the lack of penalties they've been getting and the roughing the passers that Michael Parsons has been getting called on him. And Michael Parsons has gone on his podcast and said time and time again, I don't know what I have to do or who I did wrong. And look, I, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, but I think the NFL would it would behoove the NFL to not have this unfold in the playoffs. And I think that if the Cowboys get a, a couple calls go their way against the Dolphins, I think it's a totally different game. I really do. And I think that it, it was as impressed from a loss that I could have been. Let me put it that way. You know, I'm a big conspiracy guy, too. You know, I, I have my tinfoil hat on right now. I just feel like, for me, there almost has to be a reason. And, you know, in my view, it only benefits the NFL 
for the Cowboys to do well. So I, I you know, I, I don't know that there would be a reason that the Cowboys would get screwed. It almost feels like they would be getting the benefit of calls. So I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I, I get what I get everything you're saying. I just I, I don't know that it's a concerted effort or anything like that. I, I just think it's been bad luck. And, and I think it has been as well. But look, I, I'll I'll even go as far as this. And again, score won't dictate this. And the Bills ran it down the Cowboys' throat in Buffalo when they played them. 31-10, obviously the score doesn't indicate that. But if you have some time, I go back and watch the first quarter of the Cowboys-Bills game because there were, I counted at least three calls that against the Cowboys in that game that ended the game right there. I mean, like, they, you know, the, the lack of holding, there was at least two holding calls that I thought that the the, the refs missed or just didn't call on the Cowboys. And I don't, when I say conspiracy theory, I'm not saying that the, the NFL is out to get the Cowboys or Jerry Jones or anything like that. I just think that it's almost a product of the loudest complainers in the room aren't yeah. going to get the calls. That's kind of what I'm hinting at. Yep. All right. Well, I, so I, would, uh, I would love to hear yours before we uh, debate any further. Cool. So I, I'm, I'm going to go for my top five, very similar to yours, a uh, couple tweaks. Ravens won. I think you have to put them there in terms of just, you know, obviously they beat the 49ers. Yeah, it's, they only fair. it's only fair that they get the one seed there. Two 49ers. I think that against any other team other than the Ravens, I think that the 49ers definitely stand out. And I think that there's a large gap between the Ravens and the 49ers and then the rest of the league, pretty much. Um, three, kind of everything I said, and it's uh, I've been – yelling through the hills and being yelled at for weeks now from, from different people about this, but I'm still going to stick with the Cowboys three as well. I, I think that they, as, as much of they, they've been, you know, uh, the, it's not even a misnomer, but they've lived up to the fact that they can't win on the road as much as that's been prevalent. I still think that this team, this team in the playoffs, you know, I think the DAC MVP conversation is maybe a little, a little bit, you know, out there, but they have been playing their best football. And I think that the Cowboys still, you know, they, they play the, the knock on them in the beginning of the season was that they were playing easy teams, but you know, now they're in a tough, tough sport, like part of their schedule, they lose to the dolphins, they lose to the bills, they smoke the Eagles, but let's not forget about that. And then now, I mean, this is going to be a big game for them. If they go out and beat the lions this week, then what are people going to say? Oh, yeah, they just won at home, and they, that's supposed to be a bad thing for the Cowboys? Yeah. But I digress. I'll go with the Cowboys three. Yeah. For my know, four – Sorry, I thought you were done. No, sorry. For for my four, I'm, I'm going with the Eagles, and I think that there's a couple things. I think that the Eagles are uh, – you know, they to me, they got too much just on their high horse, in my opinion, where they were, they were right in those conversations with us, with multiple, you know – media outlets and multiple different kind of, you know, just, just people that, that talk sports that were kind of putting the Eagles on this pedestal. I think they got too much in their high horse. They, they handled business against the giants this week, albeit, you know, they kind of almost got at a, you know, the score of fin the final score 33, 25. I thought this game was a lot closer than the score even indicated, but think about it like this. They, after a tough loss to the Seahawks, they, the Eagles get the giants, the Cardinals, and then the giants again, there's we always say in baseball and football and basketball, the best team doesn't necessarily win the hottest team wins. So I think that, you know, looking looking ahead here for the Eagles, if, if you project them out to beat the Cardinals this week and then beat the Giants, 
going to the playoffs 3-0, and hosting a playoff game, or even possibly even having a bye, um, I, I think I like their their chances there. And, and, and I think that they're, maybe they hit a little bit of a bump, but so did the 49ers, right? The 49ers hit a bump, you know, three weeks ago, and, and everyone was all over them, like, oh, was Brock Party a fraud, da-da-da. Uh, I digress. I have the Eagles four. Five, I'll t- take your honorable mention. And again, big game this week for this, but I'm on the Lions. I, I think they've quietly been, you know, they, they every team has weird losses. Every team goes through stretches that m- might not be, you know, their best football per se. But, you know, quietly, Lions go on the road and beat the Vikings. Lions smoke the Broncos. They have a really tough loss to the Bears. But, you know, if they can go into Dallas and beat the Cowboys or even just like I said, be have an impressive loss where they can kind of hang neck and neck with the Cowboys in Dallas. They're gonna they're gonna be a team that I don't think anyone wants to play. So I'm I'm sticking with the, the Lions at five, and then I guess the 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 hot button team that's not on my list, the Dolphins. I kind of just spoke about this a little bit, but to me, I, I just think that there there's so many. I think they're they're very much like we talk about in baseball with like the home run hitters and how that doesn't really work in the postseason. I, I'm very skeptical on, on this Dolphins team in the postseason, and it's hard for me to put uh, until they until they win a postseason game against a very viable defense and a very viable team. Again, they beat the Cowboys at home. I get it, but uh, there's just something off about this. I can't really put my finger on it, but I, I'm I'm skeptical of the Dolphins, so it's it's hard for me to put them in the top five. Yeah, I, I think it's important to stress that really when we give these lists, it's, you know, it's an in real time sort of power ranking. So, you know, you might see me have the Eagles at five or, you know, neither of us have the Bills on there. But I think when you get to this point of the season and you really try to stack these teams up, you're really just looking at them going, who do I have the least questions about? You know, so it feels strange to have, you know, Philly in my five when they were probably they probably held the one slot for, you know, longer than any team this season. It's just right now, like you said, it's not about being the best. It's about being the hottest when you get here. And I just feel like there's question marks around teams like Philly, Buffalo, and and things of that nature. So, yeah, and and look, Buffalo too. Uh, now, now that we, uh, they're kind of they probably be my number seven team uh, behind the Dolphins there. But they're they're a team that look look at their schedule. They get the Patriots this week. They're going to sneak in, and they're going to be that team that I I think that are is going to be in the AFC playoffs that. But, you know, teams are not going to want to face very much like the, the Lions in the uh, in the NFC. Yeah, maybe if Stefan Diggs starts to get himself involved a little bit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like something about the Bills. It, they're another team that I can't really put my finger on it. There's always like, something wrong. There's always something a little bit off. Always. And Josh and Josh Allen just loves throwing to the other team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I'm not going to kill Josh Allen. I mean, he leads the NFL in touchdowns. I get he also leads in turnovers. I, I still think he's just outstanding. The Bills just organizationally, there's just always something missing. You know, last year it was they didn't really have a running game, and there's it, just always something. Yeah, and, and I agree. And it's look, I I think they they can have a game, but um, obviously that they're any given Sunday. But looking looking at the wild card now, I mean, they're they're obviously I don't think any team wants to, to match up with them. But right now, as the sixth seed. Who do they play? What is that going to be? Uh, uh, they're going to get the Jaguars or the winner of that division, possibly. I mean, they they might get themselves in a very favorable matchup in the in the playoffs. But uh, you know, against the against a team like the Ravens, I think the Ravens would smoke the Bills. Yeah, I think so too. So, and, and I actually I would like to see. I would like to see Browns Bills because I think that game feels like a coin flip to me right now. 
I agree. I agree. And and not for nothing, but Buffalo. Now that we're talking about Buffalo a little bit, they get the Patriots this week at uh, the Bills are home. They they should most likely win that game. But then the interesting one is they get they have to go to Miami week eighteen to play the Dolphins. Right now they're the sixth seed in the AFC. Right. The there's a there's a world where if the the Texans or the Colts go two and zero and the Bills lose that game and ultimately end up with the same record as the Colts or the, the Texans, that they could find themselves on the outside looking in if they or that Dolphins game might be a win and in for the Bills. Yeah, they better hope that Miami doesn't need that game for any reason whatsoever. Yeah. And and, and you know, you get a realistically, I was I was looking at this today. I didn't kind of didn't realize this, but the Colts losing this past week uh to the Falcons in a lot especially our guest pick who had the the, the Colts. Uh, that was huge for the Bills because if they would have won that game and had the same amount of wins as the Bills, they would have they have the better division record and they would have been ahead of them right now. And then that would have been added even more import to that week's week 18 matchup against the Dolphins that the Bills have. So uh, the Bills get got very, very low key blessed this week by having the Colts lose that game. So uh, definitely raise their odds to make the playoffs there. But um. Yeah, look, a yeah. lot of football to be played. You, you're going to have to presume that the, the Browns get to 11 wins tomorrow night. They'll be 11 and five. And then, you know, you, don't look now, but Browns get into 11 and five. Uh, look, I, I know the, the the Ravens are have 12 wins, but that that's a, the Browns are definitely a team that I don't think any of these teams want to play. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So, now, I, I know that we, we definitely wanted to get into the Giants and the Tommy DeVito of it all. I'm thinking that, we get into the Giants when they pop up on our radar as we're doing our picks. Because I do have Giants thoughts. I just don't know that they warrant 10 minutes. I, I agree. I, we don't, and look, we don't need to spend much time on the Giants at all. It's just, it's kind of, I guess, unfortunate per se yeah, what, yeah. what transpired. But um, let's, uh, let, let's give a little bit of a pick update. So you taking the commanders you this was the, the oh, most disgusting snuck, win of your life snuck out with yeah, one baby and and very very uh possibly could have snuck out with the the win on the entire season with that one uh right now you are 21 10 and 1 uh with 35 points me i am 1 and 1 all right went 1 and 1 last week leaving me at 19 and 14 with 30 points so with 2 weeks left to go we have um you are five points ahead, uh, so I need a a sweep and an underdog pick and some help from you to lose. Um, it's it's getting late early for me. Uh, you know I can't win everything. Obviously, well, don't I'm, panic I'm, though. Don't panic because you know we do have playoffs. We do have a Super Bowl where you're going to get to wager some points. You're not out of it. I'm no. I'm def. I'm. I am. I'm the furthest from out of it for sure. But uh, I would have liked the. I was rooting for the the commanders more so for the pick segment than I was the uh, any yeah. sort of import on the game. Yeah. So let's just put it that way. But do you have your uh, you want to make your two picks first here? Uh, you know what? As the uh, as the reigning uh, leader champion, I would like for you to give your first pick first. All right. So my first pick. Uh, look, I- I'm gonna go where uh, I kind of put my money where my mouth is here. Uh, I've been talk, obviously, rightfully so, been talking up this team kind of on the whole podcast uh, and then talking down their opponent. But Ravens, three and a half, uh, giving three and a half at home to the Dolphins. Look, you can say Super Bowl hangover for the Ravens. You can say, or, you know, 
quote unquote, we'll say. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think this is just a poor matchup for, here for the Dolphins. I did my my first inkling of this was not getting scared of the hook. I, I probably would have taken this game up to like four or five points even. Uh, I, I I like the Ravens. I like them to win by a touchdown here. Give me, I'll give the three and a half was my one point play. I respect you taking, you know, sort of a main event matchup there. Um, yeah. It just makes things more fun. I do appreciate that. But I'm going to I'm going to head to a lower radar match. And it's uh, it's the team of the uh, of the show. Really, I'm going to take the Rams heading to the Meadowlands minus four and a half. So um, Tyrod Taylor is coming back. Uh, Tommy DeVito officially benched. I kind of think that the Giants, you know, they maximized the potential of all the DeVito stuff. Um, I think that was a good thing for them. I, and I kind of think it's nice they're getting out of it before, you know, any further exposure or before the thing kind of becomes a parody of itself, right? Yeah. So that said, we are going to see Tyrod Taylor, a better quarterback. But, you know, coming in old, you know, fresh off the bench, uh, fresh off of injury, really, uh, the Rams have just been a much better team all season. So anything less than a touchdown, I don't really care where they're playing, Um you know, I, I think we've kind of seen Stafford do it in every environment available. Uh, I like them to go into the Meadowlands and win by a touchdown. I think the Giants are going to have some trouble with that one. That's going to be my one-point play. I, li- I like that as well. Definitely thought about that. Um, and, 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 yeah, I think that the Rams are playing good football. Look, again, they're not, they haven't really been beating anyone of so much um, importance in terms of the league. But I think that they, uh, the Rams definitely, you know, that, that could be a touchdown. They win that game by a touchdown, I think, and I don't think anyone is surprised. So I, I do like that pick as well. Um, I'm going to go with the, the bad guy route for my two-point play. I, I've been very – there's been a couple things that have led me to this pick. Um, I think this, this game has blowout written all over it. I think that there's a lot of storylines that go against the Jets in this one. And I think that, you know, Thursday nights – I'm I'm putting it all out there. I did it with the Rams last week with the with the Saints. Kind of had that as a layup, uh, a layup pick there. Got got me on the green there uh, for sure. Um, I'm going with the Browns minus seven and a half. If it was minus seven, I w- I'd put a, all my points on it and double down on it. And I love it. We already spoke about that game at length, but uh, I'm not scared of the hook there either. Two hooks, uh, pretty ballsy of me, but I, I like them both. Yeah, well, thanks a lot, because now I have to tune in and root for the Jets tomorrow, you son of a bitch. <laughs> um, for my two-point play here, um, I'm taking a home team. I'm taking a team that's only favorited six and a half points against, you know, the quintessential uh, worst team in the league. Give me Jacksonville hosting Carolina. Uh, I don't think this is as slam dunk of a pick as it might have felt like a couple weeks ago. I think the Jaguars kind of have issues. At, at some points, it feels like they almost stink. You know, they're, they're hardly above 500, but I mean, if you're going to feed them Carolina, they better win by a touchdown if they want to consider themselves a playoff team. So give me Jacksonville as my two point play minus six and a half. Yeah. And look, I'll obviously we'll we have to talk about, uh, you know, what you might need to give me a third pick off air to uh, in, in case uh, Trevor Lawrence does not play. Uh, there he's, he was very questionable. I believe there, there was a report that said he might not even throw the ball at all this week. Um, so maybe we might need to discuss that further, but as for this pick, and I'm going to assume Trevor Lawrence will play with your, uh, you know, assessment. I, I think it's a great spot here for the Jaguars. I think, you know, like you're right, two weeks ago, if this game happened, this might be, you know, 10 and a half point favorites by the Jaguars. They have been absolutely, they get embarrassed in Tampa Bay, uh, against the Buccaneers. 
definitely just ran them out of the building. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is playing some absolutely horrendous football back-to-back weeks. They, they have no running game. The defense is, uh, has not showed up as much as they had in, in the earlier parts of the season. Uh, and, and this is all that being said, though, six and a half year under touchdown. If Trevor Lawrence plays, I think it's a great spot and a great pick. I, I'm, I'm sad I missed it, to be honest. I, well, I, I, I mean, you almost kind of said you didn't like it. And I said, I'm sad I missed it. But well, how, about, how about we do this? How about whatever the line is, as soon as Trevor Lawrence is announced out, I I have to take that line. How's that? Or you can you can just give me another pick off air if you want to pivot. You know what? I'm going to live with the minus six and a half no matter what. Okay. You're locking it in? Yep. All right, cool. So, look. Uh, we have uh, some some interesting games also as well on, on the calendar. I mean, we don't need to go over the, the games that you know don't really matter per se, but uh, let's let's go over a few. Uh, I definitely want to get get some of your thoughts here. Um, let's let's start with the uh, the big Saturday game. Cowboys giving six to the Lions in Dallas. Uh, I thought about the Cowboys here. I think they handle their business at home. I think they handled their business too. Six points is a little bit heavy, though. I feel like the the Lions' offense is kind of surging. Uh, they've done enough to get that taste out of my mouth from that Thanksgiving game against Green Bay, where they kind of got routed, like you said earlier. You know, it kind of just happens, you know, throughout the course of an NFL season. It's a lot of points, so for that reason, I'm going to lean Detroit. But I get they're going into Dallas. I wouldn't be shocked one way or another. This game wasn't on my radar in terms of picks. It's just too tough. Uh, but I want to ride with Detroit. You know, they, I mean, they just clinched the division. I feel like there's a lot of good feeling going on in Detroit. Um, the Cowboys definitely need the game because they still do have a prayer at the division. But uh, yeah, give me Detroit. Uh, I, I'm we'll, we'll flip flop there. Uh, let's get to another, um, the next main event game here. I gave my lean here on the Ravens minus three and a half hosting the Dolphins. Where are you at in that game? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I just declared them kind of my number one team in the league right now, so I am going to ride that out. But I I am really curious to kind of see how this game goes because we really haven't seen the Ravens get into a mega shootout yet. And a lot of that is because they just they play an outstanding brand of football. They play great defense, and they're able to maintain being a run-first sort of offense. Um, But if the, the Dolphins' offense is fully loaded again this week, if they want to get out ahead, it would be interesting to see how the Ravens would handle something like that, you know, because for years, the knock on Lamar Jackson really is he's outstanding. But, you know, when you're behind, I'm not sure he's the quarterback that's really going to throw you back into a game. This might really be an opportunity for him to do that and for us to see it. Um, I am going to ride with the Ravens, but there's just something about this matchup that kind of screams like this might be a wacky one. We'll see. Yeah, I I, I think that I just think that they I'm I'm low on the Dolphins and high on the Ravens. I think it's as simple as that. <laughs> but um, all right. Ne- next, next, I guess big kind of noteworthy matchup here. Really, I want to say the only one, but the eight and seven Bengals head to Kansas City, where the Chiefs just absolutely embarrass themselves at home. Chiefs are seven point favorites. This could make things interesting if the Chiefs were to somehow lose this game. Uh, they again, they're they're nine and six currently. Uh, if the playoffs were tomorrow, they would be going on the road for a playoff game, um, which is, again, very, very unlike anything in the Mahomes era. Um, but, you know, if they if they somehow find a way to lose this game and the Bengals can get to nine, you know, both teams being nine and seven here. I mean, there's a crazy world where the Chiefs don't even make the playoffs. Yeah. They, you know, the Chiefs are a team that have earned uh, the right 
to sort of, you know, we don't really doubt them. We always give them the benefit of the doubt and they've earned that, you know, over the last few years. But I mean, we just saw what just happened between them and the Raiders. They obviously have issues that we don't even talk about that much, that no one in media really talks about that much. Uh, They're a completely different football team than they once were. And out of those, you know, top teams who, you know, we mentioned the Bills being one of them, teams that we're not completely sold on, but we could see it happening. You know, we could see things coming together. Every week, I I just, I feel less confident that Kansas City is going to be able to do that. So for that reason, I am going to take, you know, it's it's a sort of a large spread. It's a touchdown. I'm going to take Cincinnati. And Cincinnati, maybe, you know, they they kind of, uh, you know, they've kind of hit the brakes a little bit. I don't think there's going to be a great game. So I, I think they can keep it close and I'm going to take Cincinnati. I just, I have way too many questions about Kansas city. Uh, and you know what? I, I've, I've spoken up uh, the chiefs and I, you know, last week I had them in my top five. I, there was a lot that, that I was shown by the chiefs that I just really didn't like. Again, we, we I feel like I'm saying a, a broken record here, but Travis Kelsey definitely has taken a step back. I, I even, I even thought that the, even even when he like would catch the ball and run, it was just always like you know it wasn't clean. Like they weren't playing clean football. It was always like you know fighting. Like you know Kelsey would would catch the ball and uh, you know normally you see Kelsey catch the ball in open field and he he's got like all this you know it's a beautifully drawn up play and whatnot. But you know I've seen Kelsey catch the ball and immediately have to make a move and then put his head down and then it's like a five yard gain and it's like nothing seems to be coming easy for this Chiefs team. No. I think they have the highest drop percentage uh, via, from wide receivers in uh, this season. So Mahomes is getting zero help from his receivers. Uh, I mean, look, they, they pretty much lost the game because Kadarius Tony was offsides. I think it's going to be a it's going to be a big wake up call to this Chiefs team. But I do the, could the Chiefs win this game? Most definitely. Could this yeah. be the week that the Chiefs bounce back and kind of show who they really are? We're waiting on it, but I'm I'm gonna be with, I'm gonna side with you. I'm on the Bengals until further notice. So Travis Kelsey used to be good because I'm a I'm a Swifty. I kind of got into the NFL when that whole thing happened, and I started watching. And people were talking this guy up, and he just seems all right. You know, was he really good back in the day or something? 20, 30 years ago? Yeah, I don't know yeah. how long. I don't know how long an NFL career is. I have no idea. Before the before the Swift curse, he was very good. Yeah, how long until she starts getting the blame for everything in Kansas City? Probably pretty uh, soon, right? I I will say this: um, they better make the playoffs, and they better win, do a little bit of winning in the playoffs because because she will be enemy number one yeah, very soon. Her. Yeah, hundred percent. Look and look for for your case, for her case. I'm not I'm not rooting bad on anyone here. I'm not hoping it happens, but just saying that the the Chiefs were. Uh, you know, a quote unquote dynasty before she walked in the building. <laughs> yeah. So just saying, just throwing it out there. <laughs> Taylor Swift tore down the entire organization. Yeah. Uh, really quickly, you'll see how um, uh, a heel turn we can say that the uh, the, the Chiefs fan base will have on, on someone if if they uh, kind of the season continues to go south. Yeah. Um, but uh, if nothing else, uh, I guess you can wish me good luck in the fantasy championship. We can get on out of here. I'm good. Really, I just I, I I wish that you guys could both tie and lose. I mean, theoretically, uh, what happens if someone were to tie? Well, we've had the payout for the championship all sorted out for the past three weeks, so I, I'd have what to discuss you shut, with him. Shut your mouth. What is it? <laughs> what is it? What is it? Uh, what's the payout? Yeah. Well, how, yeah. How are you guys dividing it? We're doing uh seventy five percent, twenty five percent. All right, that's fair. 
That's nice. Yeah, and look, let me just put this out there. Uh, not that any of our listeners care about our fantasy league, but I said that I wanted to do winner take all. Um, I said I left. I put it out on the table and said, "There it is." So and and it was declined. So uh, I I'm very confident in my guys, and uh, you can you wish me luck off there. All right, all right, good good luck to you. Thank you. But uh, I guess uh, good luck to any of our listeners that are in a fantasy championship uh, or, you know, just going for the green on Sundays, I guess you can say. And uh, yeah. we'll be uh, you could you could tell us that we've been pretty profitable this whole year. So especially yeah. Matt, who is in the league. So and good uh, luck to you. the Knicks uh, in uh, Oklahoma City tonight. Yeah, big game in Oklahoma City. Going to have Brandon on sometime next week. We'll talk some NBA uh, trade deadline in the beginning of February. So we will definitely be looking at some uh, potential trade pieces there for the Knicks. The Nets, uh, I admittedly bet against the Nets last night in hopes that the Detroit Pistons' laughable losing streak would come to an end against the Nets. But uh, the Nets pull out a win there, uh, much to my chagrin. But um, as always, thank you all for listening. Follow us on all our socials and peace out.